Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good evening and welcome to a special edition of the Chester Chronicles True Blue podcast. Um, we're joined this evening by uh, members of the City Fans United board, um, myself, Dave Powell, and BBC Radio Merseyside's Neil Turner. Uh, <clears throat> about a week ago, I put a request on social media um, asking for a meeting with um, the City Fans United board just to try and get some clarity on some issues and to answer a few questions from a fan base which is becoming increasingly disenchanted. Um, these are trying times for the football club. Um, relegation from the National League has been confirmed. We are managerless. We have, a, like I said, we have a fan base which is feeling disenchanted, and we are facing financial struggle. These are difficult months since the revelations of the financial crisis, and I am grateful to who is joining me tonight. So it's Jeff Banks, Mario Needham is here, Lawrence Kirby, Chairman David Harrington Wright, and Calvin Hughes. Um, this will be a fair and honest discussion and I'm, as I say I'm very grateful to everyone for giving up their time this evening to join us. Um, so we'll get things started here, so Neil would you like to kick us off? Yeah, um, firstly to David, congratulations on your, your new position. Um, you. And the first question which has come in from quite a few people, um, there's a fractured fan base, I don't think that's um, there's too much debate about that, there's been fiscal meltdown, board resignations embarrassing PR, a CEO departure and the first team structure is disintegrating which has all culminated in Tuesday's extremely low crowd, uh, the lowest since the club refer, uh, reformed. It feels a little bit like to certain people a slow death by a thousand cuts. Is the board fit for purpose? I think the board is fit for purpose, yes. I mean obviously you're going to have debates within the board, you're going to the problems with the club go back maybe a year, maybe even further than that. Um, there was a challenge to the previous board that it was an us and them situation between the fans and the board. There wasn't clear communication. That's something I think has improved recently. Not everything that's communicated will go down well. That's the nature, that's, that's life. Our job as a board is to identify what happened previously, work on that, but look to the future and make sure that A, the fans are informed, come back to the ground because at the end of the day without the fans coming it doesn't matter what else we put in place what other sponsorship deals we can get what costs we can cost if we're not getting people into the ground the club doesn't exist we need the fans back now that comes down to playing performances and it comes down to us as a board making sure that the environment is right for those fans to enjoy coming down to Chester and getting behind the team if it is fit for purpose, why have all these issues happened, in your opinion, over the past 12 months? Because it is basically, well, January the 25th this year, um, the red flags went up. But why, why, why has it all happened if everything is fit for purpose? Well, I'm not so, it's, I think it's fit for purpose now. I'm not saying it always has been. I mean, I've been on the board fully elected from October. Um, I think there was a perfect storm of 
on the financial side, and I'm not going to tread on Lawrence's toes for that, I'm sure he will have the details on that, mm-hmm. where the alert had to go out, the cash flow was running out, that's because money wasn't coming in quickly enough, that's a combination of um, sponsors, lack of new sponsorship coming into the club, etc. And then obviously the poor attendances at the games, which you can attribute to any number of things, poor performance, playing performance, fans disengagement. So we need to identify what that is and get that back and get the fans back into the ground. It's the one easily easy variable that the fans can fix. We're a fan owned club. But if they don't want to come, there isn't a club. Jeff. Yeah, I was just going to refer to the point that that's one of the reasons why the fan engagement working group was set up because we wanted to identify what the fans really wanted from their match day experience. You know, we've been working hard to try and put the, the jigsaw puzzle together and especially ready for next season. Obviously, the the working group started in January and obviously we've been working you know very hard every every other week trying to put things together. Obviously, things like season tickets, you know, we put the plans in. But the, the match day experience is now the key thing that people um, on the group are going to focus on to be ready for next season because we have to think of the future. Is there, Sorry, Mary. Yeah. Uh, one of the challenges the board faces is, is that we can't always advertise for particular skill sets. That's one of the things that the fans were particularly strong about, that you know when it comes to election time, people put themselves forward. We may get um, people applying with very, very similar skills and not a, a complete broad range that we would want, which I think why it's really useful when it comes to the working groups because we can bring in other people there to help us with that much range, wider range of skills that we need. Yes, but you have utilised with alacrity mm. uh, the co-option scenario, yes, haven't you? Yes. So if you if you identify uh, weaknesses, why haven't you co-opted in those specific skill areas? Well, uh, you know, again, it's. A, is about co-option but it's also about people putting themselves forward we don't necessarily always know who might have skills uh, where, where there are specific gaps mm-hmm. um, again the operations board is an area where we, we can actually look at trying to identify wider skills too mm. I mean of the four directors today two are co-opted two were voted so mm-hmm. I mean um, they have been but, but there are without me going into it now there are glaring uh, skill set weaknesses um, my opinion as opposed to an opinion from a supporter so yeah well I mean that's something we're always willing to listen to you know Mm. because sometimes inside you can't necessarily always see where the gaps are and you know it's really useful if people will come forward and say you know we we think you've got a gap there and then we can look at trying to to fill that gap okay so as secretary you think that that the board is fit for purpose as such yes and you defend it I, I do believe I do believe it is for yeah. Final on this this point, because we've got stacks of stuff yeah. to get through, as you can imagine. Why, therefore, do you think there is a vast percentage, I won't put it into Brexit 5248 stuff, um, but why is there a vast percentage of people, or a minor percentage, however you mm. like to phrase it, I'm not trying to sort of um, push the debate one way or the other, why are so many fans feeling disenfranchised? I think that's a really difficult one to it's, answer. It's, it's a culmination yeah. of things. So I'm not trying yeah. to get into no, Brexit. No, no, no. He said you no, said Richard. No, no, no. It's, it's a culmination of things. I mean, it's it's the classic pot, isn't it? You know, mm. things haven't been happening on the pitch. And I think we all had, you know, in the last last summer, when the, the players that were being signed were coming in, there was actually hope. Mm. But that hope was quickly whittled away at the start of the season 
um, when obviously the, the previous manager well, we'd get lost his job. Yeah, but that, that's where the you know the hope sort of went at that point, um, and it was difficult, very difficult to actually recover from that. Um, you know, and obviously the the issue in January compounded. You know what was happening on the pitch as well, and I think you know obviously the the, the communication had to be improved on. Um, I think we have improved on that, but I think recently obviously we've faced more challenges than what we actually expected. Um, so it has been extremely difficult, but it's something again we are trying to. We wanted to put things right um, and bring back that feeling of enjoying being a fan-owned football club. I mean, there's been more press releases this week than GK Anna th- throwing out, and they're, they're in so the midst of a takeover. So, so we've, we've, we've improved communication. <laughs> okay. Well, this week. Uh, sorry, Dave. Um, a question for Lawrence. It, um, correct me if I'm wrong. This season's budget at the start of the season was the highest since we reformed. Um, that's correct. I, this year's playing budget, yes. yes but the, yeah. o- the overall income budget, no. Right. Okay. I mean, in, in, so, in, in terms of, there was such positivity around what was going on in the summer, um, and even in November's uh, notes from the CFU board meeting, we were the, the financial projection for attendances was ahead of what was projected, um, according to the notes available on the website. Um, how have we managed to get from point A to point B? Which point B being the announcement onto the twenty fifth of January that. Uh, we were facing um, the very real prospect of, of losing a football club. What's transpired in between that early season positivity in the pre-season and a big budget to uh, that announcement on the 25th, which is effectively what has snowballed into where we are now? I think the um, the, the, the real issue has been the performance on, on the pitch. Um, the attendance budget, which is the, the biggest direct element of fan contribution to the football club, is made up of uh, season ticket sales and pay at the gate attendees. Now, for this season, um, we didn't set anything that we believed was overly ambitious in either of those areas. So the season ticket target was 205k, um, and the pay at the gates was uh, 238k. So the the combined figures were 400. And um, 440k ish. 43. Okay. Now that is a number which we have um, hit repeatedly over recent years. So there was nothing overly ambitious in those numbers. Um, the season ticket sales or the season ticket target of 205 was a stretch target above the previous season. Um, but not by a great amount, probably by about 15, 15, 18k. And the reason for that was the positive feelings that were coming back from fans on the back of the the players who had been signed. Uh, There there was general, um, I would say, euphoria around the place with the signings of um, particularly Kingsley James coming back and um, Ross Hanna coming back. So they were they were widely welcomed by the fan base, and it was felt that yeah, on the back of that, we should increase season ticket sales. Um, the the signing of Paul Turnbull, McCoom um, uh, and uh, and Halls from Stockport, those guys had been at Wembley literally four or five weeks before they signed for Chester. So in in the trophy final, representing Macclesfield, so th- there were there were really strong signs that season ticket sales could pick up. Uh, from the previous year, 
but we had not stretched those targets beyond the figures that we'd had in the two seasons before that. Likewise, the pay at the gate numbers, nothing stretched in any of those. So I think that um, you know the the, the budget re the budget was set realistically for attendance. Uh, there were no assumptions made for income from cup competitions other than the gate shares for the two cup competitions that we are um, entered into. So there was no uh, there were no built-in numbers for success in competitions or progression through through further rounds. We just don't budget that way. Where we did stretch was uh, on the commercial targets. And we had a CEO in place with a, a strong um, commercial mandate in his uh, KPIs. He had a KPI, did he? He had KPIs throughout the all of the all of the commercial budgets were set and agreed with him. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So the the new element that was in there, and, and given that at that point uh, Mark McGuire had been in post for best part of twelve months when the budget was set, um, he was just coming up to twelve months. So he had been out and about in the uh, in the area. He'd been meeting the local business community, um, and he had many ideas which were not just paper ideas, he'd actually been out there generating uh, interest in his proposals. Now the key new item in there was um, the 100 Club and there was a target set of 35k. I actually reduced that target from what Mark had, had committed to us. He was insistent that he'd be at 50k on that. Um, we actually budgeted 35 so um, I don't think that was a, a, an unrealistic expectation to have of him, given that he was he'd he'd underwritten that target. Um, there were also improved expectations for match day sponsorships and attendance in the Legends Lounge through the the match day packages, but again they weren't stretch targets. They were they were roughly what was that if you can divulge they, that they they were ambitious against. Um, uh, a little ambitious against the previous year, but um, we had about 25k for uh, match day packages. Now that was a targeted increase. MBNA, um, one of our main sponsors, had already underwritten part of that by by their regular table. Uh, but throughout the throughout the other areas, I think there was about 5k's worth of new. Stadium sponsorship that was mapped out. Boards and so on. Yeah. Uh, no, this, this is stadium sponsorship. Right. Okay. So we had um, the stadium and the and three of the or two of the stands sponsored. The Harry Mack is not available for sponsorship, but the South Stand was, and uh, you know the intention was that there was a sponsor lined up for the South Stand, relatively small amount, but that didn't materialise. Was there outside commercial sponsorship sought? Mark was i.e. getting into the larger companies as opposed to taking a table um, as part of the KPI of that CEO at the time. Yeah, I mean the um, what was that? If you can divulge that, well, and was it achieved? We certainly had some success there with um, a company called ITS and with Red Insure. They were they were new sponsors, um, and Swansway themselves uh, replaced. Uh, Lucas Vauxhall as the uh, the main stadium sponsor. Now they were initiatives that that, that were that were new. We knew that um, Lucas Vauxhall were going to pull out at the end of their sponsorship deal. 
so a new stadium sponsor had to be found. Swansway had previously been with the club, so um, they were a, a relatively um, obvious target for that. Yep. And we're very grateful that, uh, that they came back on board. Um, but yeah, the KPIs were mainly about generating new business, about the, uh, the 100 Club. Uh, there were proposals for an affinity scheme attached to the 100 Club. But the overall target of that, I don't think, was overly ambitious at 35k, mm -hmm. given that we had a, um, a CEO in place. There was nothing in else in there that I think was massively different than previous years. Okay. So, in effect, correct me if I'm wrong, with 35 for the 100 club, 25 for match day, 5 for the stadium, mm -hmm. um, you are talking 65k. Mm -hmm. Uh, that seems low for commercial spot and we're not getting into the nitty-gritty this is not the forum for that quite frankly but it does seem low knowing what other clubs achieve um, and it patently appears that that even that wasn't achieved I think over, over and above that the, there are other commercial targets there those aren't the only ones I mean we have shirt sponsorship player sponsorship we have major events um, and there were budgets and targets set for those. Mm. Now, a lot of those are, are repeat business, um, obviously player shirt sponsorship, that kind of thing. Uh, perimeter board advertising, they are repeats okay. in the main, but they are targets to grow as well. Um, you've, you've explained that extremely succinctly, and thank you very much indeed for that. When did it appear that the financial, the fiscal uh, budget was not going to be hit and when did alarm, the alarm flags go up, the alarm bells start? I think the, uh, the, 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 the first alarm bell, as it were, was, was pretty early on when gate income really didn't um, uh, match the expectations. When? So these what are, these what are sort of month gates. time? Well, the, the, the first thing uh, was season ticket sales because they're virtually complete by the time... So the, the 205 was not obtained. So and I'm not asking what, what it was because that's well, not... It was, it was 185. The, these numbers are all on record at CFU meetings okay. and, and uh, in the January meeting. Okay. So by the time the season started or very shortly afterwards, we, we were 20k down on um, season ticket sales. We hit 185. Mm. With the uh, Sestrian tens, that's kind of risen a little bit, um, but not by anything uh, significant. But the first three games of the season, the first three home games, um, we had reasonable gates, and in fact we were slightly above uh, our individual budgets. The budget's dominated obviously by Wrexham and Tramway, but if you, if, you, if you flatline it across the whole season, we have to make just over 10,000 pay at the gates, and that can be made up of kids... Uh, adults, concessions, the mix changes constantly. but So it's very difficult to pin a number down, but the, but the cash target is 10,350. That's something which we've met um, reasonably consistently over the last three years. So the first three games, no problem, we were there or thereabouts. Which take us into September. Which take us into the very early part of September. By the time we had the AGM in October, um, we had four of the seven games where we played seven home games by then. In four of those, we'd averaged only 7K coming in at the gate. And that was something which I flagged up at the AGM on the 5th of October mm -hmm. and said, look, guys, already the budget is under threat to the extent that the pay at the gate income is not materialising. And that is compounded by a 20K deficit on season ticket sales. 
So that was flagged up to the members of the AGM. So the, the okay, it wasn't big warnings, but the the signs were already there that if gates didn't pick up, we were heading um, into uh, with some threats against the budget. Can I just interject there? Your uh, CFU board meeting notes from the 16th of November, and I quote, Finance, noted that in terms of gate money, the club is slightly ahead of budget, Mm -hmm. with the Wrexham game having taken place recently, Mm -hmm. although some areas are below budget, including programme sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on the sixteenth of November, it looked okay. No, no. This, this is the, this oh. is the, this is the impact of the Wrexham game. So the Wrexham game itself brings in in excess of thirty thousand pounds. So that will raise the average. So the average was looking as though it was okay, but you have to take that out. And I say we we're looking at the individual games. So in four of the seven, at October, we were below budget. Further down the line. In um, by the time we got to January, twelve of the fifteen games that we played were below um, the required level. So this thing was 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 clicking away. The Wrexham is is probably adds I don't know um, maybe a thousand or so to the to the season average, eight hundred or so to the season I can't average. Remember exactly. Yeah. It's something like three eight to the crowd, three yeah. nine, something yeah. like that. And if somebody wants to write in and correct me, I'm. Whatever. But the <laughs> amount of income that that generates over and above season ticket mm. sales, the amount of income, which is what I really focus on, mm. is in excess of 30k. Mm. So it has a, a massive impact when the average across the season is 10. Were any then sort of firefighting scenarios from my business experience, if we're below budget or we were below budget, you make it your damnedest you're going to make this budget up. Mm-hmm. How do we do it? Which, in this instance, is the CEO. And this isn't a sort of a, a have a go at the CEO, don't get me wrong. It's not, again, not mm-hmm. our, uh, what we're aiming to do in this meeting. Um, nothing appeared to happen to make up that budget shortfall. That is common business practice. If you're not on budget, you're minus budget, whatever percentage it might be, you go out and do your damnedest to find your budget. You will find that in your business. If you're not hitting target, you're not hitting budget, fine. How are you going to make it up? And that, to me, is a glaring error. Sorry to be controversial, but it is. I, th- I think um, it's, it's, a, it's an issue. It's, it's a target then for, for um, the CEO and, and the board to do something about. Now... The CEO was, um, in addition to the difficulties of, of, uh, of pay at the gate income, uh, the CEO was not, it was already apparent that he wasn't delivering on any cash coming into the business from some of the um, commercial targets. So the, uh, the 100 Club, um, which originally was due to be launched in September, uh, the launch date was put back to October. Uh, subsequently to December and then to January. So the Swansway deal was never going to happen in December. The, the word was that it was never going to happen in December. Yet in January, we were told it was still going ahead. That's again. Stagecoach. 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 The Stagecoach deal was not in the budget. Um, the Stagecoach deal was always uh, an opportunity rather than a cast in stone budget item. So we believed. Um, that the uh, that the interest from Stagecoach was still there. Uh, it was only in the latter days of the CEO and immediately after his departure that it became apparent that uh, 
um, that one had fallen through. They did. So my uh, informants tell me they'd into, entered into heads of agreement with people in December. That wasn't known to the board. So no letters came, no notification came to the board, the not, club. Not to my knowledge, no. Just to steer it back into the start of the season, we there was a hangover and we we went out and the fans applauded the business that was done, but from the feeling on that last game of the season against Bournemouth last season, there was still a feeling among the fan base, of which I am one and I, I speak to many, that um, there was a manager who was in effect who had to start the season like a house on fire because he was on borrowed time, yet we've, we signed players um, some of the highest paid players we've ever, ever had playing for the football club, correct me if I'm wrong, um, on two-year deals, which have now become a millstone around this football club's neck. Um, who sanctioned those two-year deals? And <clears throat> was it wise to give such a budget and allow such kind of freedom in the market, on the transfer market, to a manager who was on borrowed time with the supporter base, which reflected in the fact that we had a fairly poor start to the season? Um Gates dropped, uh, and we had to make a change in in September. So we've already got players on two year deals who who are going to be a, cause a problem for us next season. Yeah, I think there was. Um, if, if we kind of revisit the the thought processes towards the um, the end of last season, it was apparent that we had one of the smallest playing budgets in the league, and and that was likely to become um, smaller compared with the the average in the rest of the league because most of the clubs were increasing their playing budgets. So I think it's fair to say that a couple of seasons ago we were certainly bottom half in terms of playing budget when we were at 3.30ish. Um, but we were very definitely in the bottom quartile during the previous season. Um, the target that John McCarthy and Mark Maguire were working to was a budget of 450k and it was felt that that was a, um, a budget that while it certainly wouldn't be anywhere near the the median budget in the league it would be one that with uh, good management would enable us to put a squad together that would be competitive. So the target was set to a, a playing budget around the 450 mark um, then it becomes the manager and the chief exec's role, given that you know we brought in a chief exec with uh, a lot of um, senior football experience, including Premier League experience, um, that he and the manager were, uh, uh, were largely recruiting the players, identifying and recruiting the players. A number of the players were with us from the previous season, so they were um, identified as being uh, wanted to be kept. Uh, and offers were made to them, which were broadly similar, small, smallish increases. Um, but the bulk of the money was identified against those more experienced players and targets. And John had been um, contacting most of those guys before the end of last season, talking to them and, and, and looking at uh, prospects for, for the coming season. With the two-year contracts, um, I think when... We look at who's got them. They were players who were um, coveted by other clubs. And to put a deal together which would be attractive to them, uh, they were looking for two-year deals. And for us to be competitive with those, then that was their negotiating stance. 
So the manager has, uh, has the authority over the budget. The chief executive was alongside him in negotiating those contracts. Um, and then the board sanctioned them. So the board was aware that the contracts were being made. The fan base was aware that the contracts were being made. There was nothing hidden in, 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 in those contracts. And I think they were generally well accepted. There's a number of issues around the two-year contracts. Number one, it is common practice, certainly at this level, I'm not talking Premier League, but at this level, to have relegation clauses put in. There were no relegation clauses put in. Um, it's to your credit, you didn't pay agents fees. I don't understand how you've gone through one particular agent, it, it appears, and no agent fees were paid, um, which is credit to you if that is the case. Were any agents fees paid? Yes, there were agents fees paid and those agents fees were all um, disclosed in accordance with uh, FA requirements on the FA forms. Okay, Chester didn't appear in the in the FA's uh, recently released uh, agents fees. And we've checked fees. today and they, uh, they couldn't find the return as opposed to didn't receive the return. To watch and watch. Just for clarity, how much did we pay in agents fees? Uh, we paid if you are able to uh, I'm, I'm, well I'm not sure I am I, I just need to check whether I am allowed to say that but suffice it to say that the re, the returns were properly made to the FA if they have not for whatever reason disclosed yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched my words on that yeah. and said they couldn't find them today, okay. So, yeah. okay. Okay. And I, just I think you'll find on further investigation that uh, the, the, the correct paperwork was completed and submitted mm-hmm. uh, Kind of a, a last a last point, but coming coming to and the relegation clause point. Sorry to jump in. The relegation clause point is is is, is fair enough. I mean, I, I which is common practice. If it is common practice, it was not inserted in those contracts. Um, why I don't know. Where are we today? I mean, because fifty thousand pounds was the figure in, in in January, which was needed in the short term. I appreciate that. I mean, if that was to get through, through to March, am I right? Um, no, I mean the, the the January meeting was it was a cash flow meeting. Yeah. Um, so I think if I, if I flick back to my notes from January, what we were talking about then was an immediate cash flow problem. It was brought on from two main reasons: one, a shortage of um, income projected for the year, but also the timing of two significant payments. Um, now we dealt with the timing of the two payments relatively quickly. Um, that was Sam Hughes and that James Allaby. That, that was the Sam Hughes money from Leicester City. Um, and I have to say, uh, we've said it before, Leicester City were absolutely brilliant in, in uh, bringing that yeah. payment forward. Uh, it was somewhat baffling to all of us that the payments had been scheduled so late uh, for what was, a, for, to those guys, a relatively small sum of money. So they were, when they looked into it, they were quite uh, quite happy to bring that forward. Without any amendment Absolutely to the existing without, contract, without, so in other without, words, sell-ons don't get etc. etc. No. Okay, without, without yeah, there's, been, there's been no change to the Sam Hughes deal whatsoever. It was just the Leicester City agreed to bring the money forward. Okay. Um, as I say, to their great credit, the the other one, the um, the tribunal money, um, the tribunal. There was no reason why that tribunal could not have sat in in November. I think we'd all agree with that. Absolutely, it was crazy. So eventually, um, that deal was done, and uh, we received the money within um, the requisite fourteen days from Tranmere. So that accelerated those kind of hanging out to the right payments. Uh, but there was still the issue of the 
income shortfall against the overall budget projections. Mm. This is where I come in with the point I made about five minutes ago. Mm. Why, why, why didn't we go out, or somebody go out, I'm not individualising this, uh, and make up that, or attempt to make up that shortfall from commercial uh, activity? Well, I think um, that that would have been the, the, the chief exec's responsibility. He was certainly aware that we were falling behind. He was certainly aware that um, his targets were not being monetized. They were still there, um, but he was reporting that everything was on target and it would still be coming through, that the 100 Club was going to be launched. Which one could construe as gross misconduct? Those are... My words. Your words, yeah. That £50,000 target was, was set in the short term. We've passed £100,000 last mm. month. And people are obviously thinking, well, we don't know where that money's gone. Obviously, it was to aid a cash flow issue mm. and certain things you know you, you can't mm. disclose. But from that £100,000, where are we at, at present, Lawrence, in terms of what we've got to... How, can we effectively start next season? Or are we in a, a safer place than we were we're, we're in January? We're certainly in a safer place. Um, we, we're, not, we're not out of any woods at all yet. Um, and the reason for that is that uh, gates have continued to uh, to decline. I mean, the gate on on Tuesday night is the lowest in living memory, um, and barely covered the cost of stewarding. So um, it was a it was a shocking um, uh, attendance, and well, that uh, is fans figure from that boating with their feet and the apathy which has been created from yeah. everything. But, so it's uh, it's it, I mean, if we can't but, but, motivate season ticket holders to to come to the game, then something's. Yeah, and that, that's, that's an answer to the question, is uh, where are we? It, it's very difficult to know where we are. We're not out of the woods, definitely. We have sufficient cash, I believe, and, and some of it still has to come in, uh, to take us through to the end of this financial year, which is uh, the, the end of May. Now, so how will you pay, sorry to cut across you, how will you pay your two-year contract players in June and July? This, this is where next season overlay starts to kick in um, we the the immediate problems at January were to get us through and see a way to get us through to the end of the season that was the the, the cash flow challenge um, the the challenge for the new season is to generate season ticket sales and commercial income um, but on, in a cash flow profile which enables those uh, liabilities to be met. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the key, isn't it? Commercial, because basically, uh, you can't keep going back to the supporter well all the time. It's, it just won't happen. People haven't got that sort of money, and quite rightly, if there is disenchantment, it's going to get even worse. Absolutely. So, nothing has happened, my words again, uh, about increasing and doing things commercially in. A reasonable fashion. I'm not talking about scratch cards, and, and they have their place. I mean, I'm talking about proactive commercial acquisition, which doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah. And we're just bumbling along, the club is bumbling along on the commercial acquisition trail. Now, I'm sure you'll defend it and say we've got A and B. Commercially, it is light years behind other clubs at this level. Light years behind. David. Yeah. Without having a budget to pay for a full-time commercial director, or whatever title you want to call them, you're always going to be up against the relationship with your existing sponsors, but also going out to find new sponsors. Chester has some wealthy business people 
in and around and some wealthy businesses. But the whole model of Chester Football Club has got to be attractive for them to invest in. So they need contact from the fans or they need access to the fan database or to the fan engagement up to a point to make a business decision for them to invest. There's not hundreds of them queuing at the door or wanting to engage with Chester Football Club. And the, um, the job for us now and for me, I mean, I've been dealing with the commercial side for a, for, for a couple of months, is to rebuild some previous relationships, but also to go out and, and speak to the new business people out there. There are um, large so companies in the area. I there mean, are large companies in the area. I mean, There's an awful lot of companies in the area, and I, w- I, I would welcome any of them that are listening to this to email me. Rather than them emailing you, what about, and I don't mean this personally, you or your your committee going out to them, which is more proactive? We have been doing. Um, I'm not at liberty in this meeting no, I'm to, not asking. to name names. Um, there are two fairly large Cheshire-based companies, is all I will say, that have expressed interest. We're not going to push in, you on who they are. No, uh, in the stand sponsorship that... Lawrence mentioned before. Now that, on the scheme of things, isn't going to bring millions of pounds into the club, but it's something that's not there now. Mm-hmm. Um, the ground boards, as you've mentioned before, they need to be looked at. There's space for more advertising around the ground, not just within the ground boards, but within the the entrances, within the car park. Within the, there's a lot more opportunities, and there is a commercial working group that has been trying to identify those areas and say, how are we going to market this to the Chester businesses? Have you specified a commercial target for next year? Next, we fis- next fiscal We haven't set the budget as yet. I think that's underway as we speak. Mary? Uh, and on the pitch, that's starting to yeah. take off, isn't it? The, the, the pitch network has replaced um, Mark's 100 Club, Mark McGuire's 100 Club, which my humble opinion was never never going to work at the level it was set at. Uh, we've had two meetings so far, we'll have another meeting next week. It's a monthly networking meeting based at the club and based around the concept of the pitch. So it's slightly different. I mean, I do and have done for years a lot of networking in Chester. It's a different concept. It's a different way of doing things uh, and it's gaining traction. Again, it's open to any business. Mm-hmm. We're not being restrictive. Some networking groups will only allow one accountant or one solicitor we're not we want those businesses to engage with each other but also then to engage with the club mm-hmm. and so far some of them some of them have done um, and that's going to be great that's, again it's not it's not going it's not the cure all it's not going to generate 50,000 pound a year for the club but if it generates 10,000 if it generates 15,000 but then those relationships from those people they go out and spread the word of Chester and engage with the club okay that's the way forward Will order independent audited accounts for the past fiscal year or the current fiscal year be produced to the members? Um, our constitution requires us to have an independent um, examination of the accounts. Not audited though. Independent examination yeah. by a qualified auditor. So the cost of a um, the cost of a full audit on a football club such as ours is prohibitive, frankly, and is not a legal requirement. I know it's a legal requirement. Um, So our our, um, members have opted, and they have to opt annually for this, um, to have the accounts uh, independently (coughs) assessed 
and uh, reported on, and our accounts and published and published. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, they're on the public record, mm. um, and we engage with um, Hargreaves Woods for that for that service. So James Hargreaves has been with the uh, with the football club as the independent accountant since day one. Okay, because by definition, um, going on to the um, <coughs> press release we had uh, regarding uh, proposed substantial investment, your words, um, there will be due diligence undertaken. Uh, so by definition, that is going to be an independent audit, for the want of a better word, of the accounts, by definition. That, that will be up to the pers prospective investor. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the accounts are open to scrutiny by anybody. There's no problem okay. with that. We've had many, many through the years, and I've uh, followed the club for many, many years, 1900 and frozen to death. I said I'd get it in once. Um, so is this one, and I'm not asking who it is, uh, on behalf of the members. Is this one going to come to fruition because we've heard of Norwegian people, Danish people, you name it, we, I've, I've can run through the whole spectrum with you. Uh, is this another of those or is this a really realistic approach? It's. I would say it's a realistic approach, Neil. Um, the one thing we cannot say is any more about it. I'm not asking because. But... We've seen we've seen an example of an unrealistic approach approach last week mm -hmm. with a gentleman in America. Yeah. From what we've seen so far, this doesn't come anywhere near that. Okay, it's it's a much more positive um, approach that has been made. You know what I'm referring to. Of, co of, of, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've just got to take any anything we say about this may jeopardise anything positive coming from it. So we we really can't say anymore. But on the on from certainly from the initial. Um, you know, viewpoint. It certainly looks positive. Would okay. it be uh, for, for, for whether you can say it or not? Would it be something involved with investing in the infrastructure of the football club? Because from looking at everything else, looking going forward, the football club has almost no infrastructure that can make it financially viable and sustainable for a long a long term future at the moment. Because that, there is that is something we cannot say at the moment because it's it's at such an early stage. Right. Um, but that's that would be our hope. In terms of timescales, what we're look, looking at in terms of, is there further meetings to be be had with the potential investor before? When, when are you looking I would at expect, proposing it to? I would expect members? so. Um, I mean, it's it's currently sort of at the we've we've passed the the first stage. So now we're just waiting for further advice as, as regards to another meeting. But that's literally all we can say. We're all we're all really hopeful because it's not as we put in the statement there. It's no threat to the 100% supporter ownership model, and that's really, really what we're absolutely keen to do. Um, you know, because that, which, we just, if there was any threat to that, then if anybody else was coming forward, then we have a duty to go to our members to ask the question whether they would like us to take that further. Because this is no threat whatsoever to the 100% supporter ownership model we can take this forward to the next step and then come back to the members to update. But we can only do that once we've gone past these early stages. As an, an addendum to that point you've just made, is it reasonable for certain supporters, as they have done, uh, to say we would like a debate on whether we get outside investments, which by definition means independent um, outside board membership basically I'm talking about debate as opposed to anything else is that a reasonable request yeah, gentlemen I'd say so 
So you are always prepared to, to have that debate? We're well, always willing to listen to debate. I mean, we have debates in the boardroom. We have debates at the CFU meetings. We have debates on debates on the terraces and the stands. You know, we it would be absolutely wrong of us not to listen especially to the members' wishes. Because you get people with entrenched views. I mean, whether it be on the left, whether it be on the right. And, and again, I come back to the Brexit analogy, and you're probably going to get the 52, 48, and I, I'm not going to predict which way. It is. But I, I don't think it'd be a million miles out on that. So the debate that somebody has asked for, you wouldn't be against if they went through an EGM or something like that. Sorry, David? I, I wouldn't be against the debate. At the end of the day, I think what gets lost is that the people that sit in the boardroom are owners. Oh, absolutely. Exactly the same. As, as we that, are. <laughs> yeah, but I think that gets lost sometimes. It's it's taken that we would take a decision that would affect something. It would affect us just as much as anybody else, so we have to safeguard the club. We have a duty as board members to consider any offer. Now, there are some crackpots out there, as, as, as we've already said, and they can be dismissed without yeah. further debate. This was a serious approach that came through the process. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was broadening it. But I'm just saying the debate is there to be had. At the end of the day, it affects all of us. So, yes, I, I, think, I welcome that. I think our, our preference is to remain 100% supporter only. And if we can do that... But there are others who, who there would, are, there would are have others. a contrary point of view. That's course, the point yeah, I'm making. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sort of saying it yeah. should go one way or the other. I'm saying the debate. That's mm-hmm. the we just, we just, sorry, if we can just... Just remember back to where we were before we entered into 100 support. Oh, yes. That's what we have to bear in mind. We should never, ever forget that. Yeah, we're aware of that. But Macclesfield are owned by an individual and they're going to win the league. So, I mean, you can always come back. Good luck to them. (laughs) Just just to box that point off, um, the the board is here to carry out the wishes of the members. We are members. Mm -hmm. So if the the wishes of the members change from the currently stated wish to stay 100% fan-owned, to something else, then the board, either this board or a subsequent board, would be mandated to carry out that instruction. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Now more, oh, sorry Dave. Just a, a, a quick one before we kind of move on to, to matters at, at present. Um, touching back, Lawrence, worst case, I mean, liabilities next next season, if we're not able to effectively move on players, said players who, who are out on loan and, and who are on two-year deals, um, how much is that going to impact the the next manager of Chester Football Club and what he can do? Because it appears from, I know you said at the CFU meeting, that the budget will be severely reduced, and that you use those words. Um, how what, how, what is, is it going to look like to the next manager of Chester Football Club, and how difficult is that going to be in terms of putting the budget together, which will be in the lower half, likely, of the National League North to... I think it's going to be extremely difficult. Um, the the players who are currently on uh, contracts going into next year, the, the the two highest paid players, it's well known, are uh, Kingsley and Ross. Uh, neither of whom are currently playing with the uh, with the club, so they're both out on loan. Um, they and their agents are looking for alternative um, clubs for next season, so. The, the anticipation, let's say, is that they will move on, uh, but that hasn't yet happened. And they will also, they've got families and mortgages and everything, and they're not likely to move before they've, they've reached the end of their summer money here at Chester, are they? so that creates a problem. That, that could well, um, but we have to face that and uh, that will impact on 
to a greater or lesser extent on, on next season's budget. Have you, have you spoken to them about sort of uh, curtailing their contracts by, um, if you like, the tax implications, etc., etc., in the normal way it happens when you curtail and, and come to an agreement? I, I know, I've been in regular dialogue with Kingsley and Ross. Um, spoke to Kingsley today at length, and as, as Lon said there, they are looking to next season. They are looking at different options at the moment going forward. And uh, if some of them come to fruition, that will be beneficial to Chester Football Club. So, but quite frankly, they ain't going to go before August, are they? In, in the real world, you're going to take the summer money. Yeah, we we just don't know. I mean, they they they've got an agent. Uh, he's out looking at different options at the moment. The players are. Um, so we've just got to wait and see what develops over the next couple of weeks. To be honest, um, but. You know, that would be a positive if something does come of it. Okay. Um, the uh, Marcus Bignot scenario, which again, I remember years ago, to sort of possibly lighten it a little bit, um, playing for a club and we hadn't been paid, but I haven't say which club it was at the time, for three weeks. Um, so the manager, who is now not with us anymore, who had won uh, a League One winner's medal, so he had created background. He took me to the chairman's house, because I was captain, and he said, right, we'll get the money from him. He went in the house, and I couldn't see the chairman's car. And consequently, half an hour later, in the freezing cold, still sat in my little Ford Capri, um, comes the manager, minus trousers, and followed by the chairman, who'd just arrived home in another entrance, you're sacked, you're sacked, you're sacked. A bizarre thing, um, and that's the most bizarre evidence of a sacking I've ever seen. Um, and whilst that doesn't, the other day, doesn't sort of compare with that, um, it certainly was not the norm for getting rid of a manager. Okay. Um, Tapping on the window of a car, so we believe. Um, the, the ethos that's been, uh, that I've, um, brought in, if you like, since going into the into the club in, in January, the football working group is we do everything face to face, um, and that's certainly been the case when uh, players have been involved in mutual consent and what have you. It's always been done on a one to one basis. The the circumstances with with Marcus, if you like, was um, we tried to ring him in in the morning. We tried to get hold of him. Uh, couldn't get hold of him because the idea was that we would um, hopefully meet up before the, the game itself. The youth team game? Yes, yeah. On the, yeah. Um, we, that just didn't happen. Um, and we then um, obviously tried to speak to Marcus after the game. But you did speak to him? Yeah, yeah, face to face. So. The running up to the car and tapping on the window, is that true? The stories we've heard from people? Um, Mar Marcus uh, made a quick exit, if you like, from from the, the stand, and uh, I just asked Marcus if he got a few minutes we could have a go and have a talk. So, um, and that's and Dave, David was there, and uh, that's what we did. As opposed to sort of saying, "Can we meet you in the office tomorrow?" Which would be a more sort of classier way of doing it, wouldn't it? Um, 
hindsight's a, a, a good thing, I suppose. Uh, we all our hands up. We, maybe we, we didn't we didn't do it right, but uh, you know, um, it's caused a lot of consternation amongst the fans. It really has, Jeff. Yeah, I'm just going to go on to say that you know, I think I think we're quite regretful as to how things have happened yesterday. We had obviously the idea you know, that Calvin's referred to there about speaking to Marcus well before the youth match. It's it's just a shame that it has transpired the way it has, but it was clearly not designed to take anything away from the excellent result from the youth team. But as I say, I think I think there is regret there that the way it has happened, and we have to be honest and put our hands up and say we got that wrong. But we have to learn from things that we do wrong as well as things that we, we do well. We got it horribly wrong. To be fair, it, I mean it lacked it, dignity, it lacked class. It, it wasn't the best scenario we've ever had. Let's just say that. Um, but the plan was to actually do it a different way, and it hasn't happened the way it was intended to. So he couldn't have been sort of knock on the window. Could you come in tomorrow, as opposed to your sacked? It sounds. It sounds like my ex-manager well, running away after a dalliance with the German's wife. You know, well, really well, does. Well, Calvin did refer then to saying that had he got a few minutes to go and speak somewhere. But I mean. Effect, well, when was the decision actually taken on to, to remove okay. Marcus? And it, is, it, is it? I know results yeah. haven't been great, but in terms of well, when I? we were down, I'll just finish my point on set, Jeff. Sure, go. Um, why, when was the decision taken, and was it directly related to the fact that Marcus was critical of the board following the Tranmere Rovers defeat, and effectively that's forced the early <laughs> the early termination of his contract? No, the simple answer is that Marcus came to us or came certainly to the board and asked for an answer on his future by the end of March by the end of March we still weren't a relegated football club um, but we had to make a decision there and then because that's what he requested um, we made the decision not to take the contract any further than the end of May because we thought the best interest of the football club was to seek a new manager who could help inspire season ticket sales for what was ultimately going to be in the National League North. After, after that decision was made, obviously relegation was confirmed against Tranmere. The close proximity between the two games, the other night and Saturday, the board met on Monday and we felt that it was time to actually, sounds wrong saying it, but clear the decks. And, and begin the search in earnest for a new manager or head coach. Um, the subject of the timing again, we felt that it was disrespectful to actually do it before Tuesday night's match, but also at respect after the game. And obviously, just jumping back to the initial decision, um, there was no real plan B at that time which is why Marcus was expected to continue to the end of the season. Um, and obviously Callum, since then, has stepped in to be the caretaker manager for the last three games. Um, so Callum is just there to look after the, the first team basically till the end of the season. I know you mentioned there about it seemed disrespectful to do it yeah. before the Bromley game or after. And Marcus was at the ground told me because he was there after I left at half past 11 on, on Tuesday night. But surely worse, and this is directed Calvin and Dave is to think that it's acceptable to 
second manager it's in the right. car park, which is, I mean, when if we're thinking disrespectful is doing it before, I mean, this is not a defensive market, this is whoever is in charge. How it looks to the outside world and the football community, it is completely there's, wrong. There's and it's cast as a football club which is already struggling with its image terribly in an awful, awful light. Well, if that's the case, then there is an apology from, from me, and I'm I can't speak for Calvin, I would think yeah. from Calvin. Yeah. That's that's fine. We will hold our hands up on that. We tried to do it with dignity. We tried, you know, the best way that we thought at the time it could be handled. There wasn't time to take Marcus away. Marcus was leaving, he was going, that was that. So we had to speak to him. We'd made the decision as the board that it had to be done ASAP because we wanted to start the move with the new manager. So the the chance of getting him in today or tomorrow or next week wasn't an option so we made a decision as we saw fit at the time and we'll hold our hands up if, if people want to criticise that that's I will take that I will take that criticism okay. um, board resign no before we get into board resignations the Neil Young scenario uh, which I suppose is tied into board resignations um, mm. you said you were flummoxed by those two resignations. You weren't flummoxed by Mark Howells. Why was that? I was. Yeah, I was. I spent Easter Monday was a was horrendous. You know, I was planning a family day, and that family day got wiped out because of three resignations, as you allude to. Jumping back a couple of days earlier, there didn't seem any issues that would see any resignations. Um, so that's why it came as a, a great surprise that from about 11 o'clock in the morning on Monday through to quarter to 10 Monday night, there would be three resignations. Now, obviously, there was a lot um, following the, the Twitter campaign that seemed to be against Calvin that Mark certainly took exception to. And we acted on that the following morning. Um, but obviously, you know, Mark did take exception greatly to what was put. Um, and that sort of was the... That was almost the start of the day. We had a, um, an email from Simon advising Neil was to step down. So these, these two resignations came at the same time and immediately we were trying to get them to reconsider because we didn't know there was a big difference. Um, obviously, with, with, you know, from Neil's point of view, we didn't know there was a big difference. Certainly with Mark, you know, Mark's very passionate about this football club and I think he, he took great offence to you know the, the posts that were out there and also perhaps our failing as a as a board to back Calvin Calvin up at the time. Um, and then it went into the afternoon. Simon was at the Macclesfield game if I recall. Yes he was. Yeah. Um, and during during that afternoon, you know, Simon had had said, you know, to Mark on email, and I hope I'm not crossing lines here, but um, come into the boardroom to t you know to talk about this because let's get it into the open forum as to what the you know the problems are or the issues are, and this is why at night time, when I'm seeing another email coming in from Simon, um, stating that he was stepping down, um, following Neil stepping down, quoting a, a view that differed dramatically from the rest of the board. This is why I was flummoxed because to my eyes there wasn't a, a difference dramatically, a dramatic difference. Sorry from the majority of the CFU board. And again, attempts were made to get Simon to reconsider, as with the other two, because this board was, I personally believe that this board was united on the Friday, and then whatever's happened over the weekend has 
really affected us and that left me shocked it really did because we've all been trying to work together especially since January to put this football club right um, sorry I'm getting a bit emotional here um, I just feel that, that that has hurt us that has really hurt us for whatever the reasons they have leaving the board at that stage really hurt us and it's left us to pick up the pieces and that's why we've had to put a statement out in reaction to what happened at the weekend rather than continue the work of trying to plan for next season. Do you have sympathy with Simon Oller and Shaw who was trying uh, to get some form of reform um, that he wasn't uh, getting a hearing basically? Simon emailed on the Friday um, he emailed the board independently, I believe. Um, there was support for what was being for the, the operations board. The yeah. operations board. <coughs> However, there was just further talk needed on it, and that was a case of we'd talk at the next board meeting to discuss, you know, any points that. So were you made. didn't throw it out of court? No, absolutely not. Absolutely, not. nobody did. Sorry, you know, we've Marion will speak in a moment, mm. but. Um, there hasn't been one. There hasn't been one stated reason saying we disagree with this from anybody. There was further talk was needed. Well, we, David and I, obviously weren't involved in the board meeting, so we don't know. So it wasn't a sort of a ganging up scenario that you uh, you are not going to be. Not I'm sorry, sorry Marion. About the issue of bringing back the ops board, there was no roundtable discussion at the board. The normal process, if anybody wants to discuss anything is to ask for it to be an agendaed item with or without a paper and that didn't happen. So, so the due process around how the board would make decisions was just not discussed. Okay, um, we're getting a little bit um, sort of into yeah, we, we know, don't want to get 28 into, day no, routine yeah. and all no, that no, sort of but, thing, but um, heaven forbid yeah, th a football way, club gets into that. Sure, sure. Yeah. This is the way things would normally happen. So it, Let's put it this way, it was an unusual approach to email individual directors to ask for their comments. So it was the lack of protocol with the approach, in effect, that it wasn't sticking to board, um, the board sort of scenarios or whatever you like, yeah. scenarios is yeah. the wrong It's way. just not what we, it's not the way we normally conduct our business. Right, okay. I think the top for me is that there was no disagreement. Mm -hmm. it was just, let's no. talk about. So there's not yeah. been a, a, a no, falling no out as such. And so it was, it was a procedural thing that you wouldn't discuss it. Basically, is what you're saying. But we weren't given the opportunity. It never came to the board. Uh, can we have on the agenda how we get the operations back, operations board back up and running? It was never brought to the board as an item. To to, to this day, I still don't know what the disagreement with the majority of the board was mm -hmm. because the board members that I've spoken to about it were in agreement with it subject to further discussion my email back to him which I'm quite happy to show you was looks good, I'm at the game this afternoon because he sent it at 5 to 11 on Good Friday let's have a chat then it would, I assumed as things normally happen it would come to the board we'd sit around we'd talk about it. we know the, op the ops board's in the constitution the mm. ops board has to exist mm. it's just what is the exact remit for the ops board looking ahead to next season that's what we needed to sit down and discuss so to so then get an email completely out of the blue he said in the afternoon he was trying to get Mark Howell to come to the board to discuss why he had left 
That was at about three o'clock, four o'clock on, on Monday afternoon, and by Monday evening he's resigned. Okay. Why was Neil Young's offer of help declined? If it was declined, I mean that this is this is from I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from a different uh, different point of view from, from it was not, Simon Plough. So it was not brought to the board, and it was not declined by the board. As, as I believe, Neil made a, propo- a proposal for what he saw the football club, but. Not, I have not seen So, what, what was the engagement with Neil? I mean, because Neil had tried to be brought into the football working group with, with yourself and Cam. Had you had dialogue I, in I, terms I, of. I, I sat, my wife and I sat next to Neil at the, tra- at the Good Friday game in Stalky. Were you aware, uh, Calvin, of this document? Neil, Neil um, j- what happened was Mar- Marcus, um, I believe, rang Neil and they had a, a meeting at some stage. And Marcus. Um, Obviously, updated me on that because since I I've gone into the fold, if you like, Marcus and I would meet on a regular basis each week, uh, talk every couple of days. We had a good uh, one-to-one relationship. Um, I think he respected me, and I respected him. And as a result of him obviously saying to me that you know he wants to use Neil to pick his brains with some advice, etc. Um, I rang Neil and asked him if he'd uh, like to come onto the football working group which he agreed to do. Um, he, he only attended um, one meeting um, and at that meeting uh, of the football working group hit, I think he maybe he was looking at something um, in a, a, a different way. Were you aware of this document? Document? That he produced? Yes, yeah. yeah. You were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, he just it, no. Well, he, he he discussed it in the in the meeting. So he didn't give you the document. He it just was, discussed it. It was it was after it was after. So you are aware of it, and you you have had that document. Yeah, it went to it went to all the football working group. Okay, but that was after he put his uh, views across at the first meeting. I say he only attended one meeting. What was the difference in in opinion? Because if if I mean I mean at the football club at the moment, obviously we have the football working group, but. We, we now have one member of the coaching staff remaining, um, Callum, who does goes above and beyond, but it's just to be said, and I think it's worth just saying on record, congratulating for, yes, for yesterday, because yeah, it was yeah, a moment yeah, which he had yeah. taken away from him and the youth team, really, by what's transpired yesterday. But back on matters now, um, what was so different? What's the difference in opinion? Because we have, there is, apart from Callum, there is no one with... Football, football experience. experience, and I mean real football. I mean, you haven't got any ex-pros, yeah, nor have you got anybody that's been at manager. And we are entering into the most critical I mean, period of a football club's it's amateur cycle, football, really, so. looking towards next season. And we have next couple of months are absolutely pivotal, but we seem to be making little headway, and we we are further behind than what we were seemingly a few weeks ago. Um, I mean. There's obviously people st- stepped away, as you know, that have resigned. I mean, um, we didn't envisage uh, David Falgate uh, resigning and walking away, so that, that was a bit of a blow when that happened. Was he on the working group? David David wasn't there. Um, no, it was the working so group as such. No ex-pros, no former managers. Um, it seems to be amateur stuff. But Marcus and Callum were also not on the working group of him, and, and they are the only two members of the first team coaching staff who were who available yet their experience I mean and I suppose if you were looking at getting rid of Marcus anyway I can understand why you may not want him there for future planning but surely some even outside help just to provide a different way of thinking because it seems like we've approached things quite blindly almost 
Well, well the, the reporting structure, if you like, or the, the dialogue, the way we did it, say so I, I spoke to Marcus on a regular basis, um, and he, he would uh, run anything by me, and then I would go back to the football working group for discussion, and then we, we'd take it from there, and then if, if we have proposals that uh, we need to pursue, that is, that is then taken to the, the CFU board for further discussion. And, that, and that's the way it was, it was set up with, uh, with the group on day one, to be honest. And speaking about further discussions with the, the CFU board, I mean, were the board discussed, were the board, board consulted on every contract offer that's been made to the four players, if I'm correct in thinking four players? We've offered contracts to for letters, offer, letters, yeah, offers, giving yeah, letters. Out it's it's not contracts. It's it's offer letters. Offer terms, yeah, yeah. 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 Were, were the board consulted on every one of those? Because from what um, has gone out previously, from from Simon's point of view, is he he suggested that they weren't on one of those. Um, they were they were discussed at the football working group, uh, and they were discussed at the board as well. So and yeah, I think it, it, it's minuted. Because yeah. in fact, I had to make a correction to the minutes because at the meeting the other day, because I got the the term of one of the contracts wrong. So yes, it is minuted on the twenty sixth of March. So the claim that the offer letter to one player that wasn't taken to the board is wrong. Yes, it's wrong. Okay. So the board concurred with all four of those offers. Yes. Okay. Just just to point out on that the. Um, the offers were for forty-four week mm. terms, mm-hmm. uh, no, no fifty-two. But that's yeah, mm. I'm not really into that. Who was okay to stay with the Neil Young thing before we get on to the couple of last points? Um, is it a shame that he his expertise has now been lost? And will you be implementing any of the uh, document that he presented to you? It's a, it's a it's a big shame. I mean, we were all. Absolutely thrilled to bits that Neil came to the football working group. Um, was he CC'd on every sort of working group, uh, sort of minute uh, meeting and such like? Well, we don't we don't do actual minutes. The only, the only minutes we do as a, as a club are on the um, CFU board meeting um, minutes. Um, so any minutes or any sort of we want to sort of get this as a round robin for the football working group. He would have been CC'd on all those things. There was no, um, there was no actual uh, follow-up uh, email threads a- after that one from Neil. That Neil Neil came to the uh, football working group, um, which Lawrence was there at the time because Lawrence sits on the football working group, um, and he gave his views on A, B, and C. A, B, and C. Yeah, and uh, following that, he um, he then sent. He, his email that went to the football working group for discussion, mm-hmm. and uh, that that was the way it was. Done. So there were no sort of emails that possibly you would like to share with the other um, working group members that he was um, sort of prohibited in seeing. He would have had all those documents. There was nobody prohibited in seeing anything. I think probably what happened was uh, well, I know one example where one of the football working groups sent an email out and. With him not, um, I suppose, just making a genuine error of including Neil on that, on the, on the group listing, that that's where it went astray. So, the, but there was nothing um, prohibitive, you know, the way he worded it. So, and we were all, you know, we were all shocked when Neil um, did resign because he, he can offer his uh, expertise. In 
I mean, I, I sit on the football working group as well, and um, although my financial uh, responsibilities take me to the working groups as well, where they have financial um, issues. So I attended the meeting that, um, that that Neil attended, and I was absolutely delighted he was there, and uh, and you know I think we all were. Uh, a couple of days later, um, his what I believe were notes of the meeting. No, it wasn't a, a, a paper proposal, but his, his notes of the meeting. And he was very passionate and uh, um, uh, supportive of the plans that we're, we're trying to put together for the football club going forward. Mm -hmm. um, as the only person with genuine football experience in that group, it was a no-brainer that he would be welcomed and wanted on board. Um, so when he put his notes together, um, I, I commented, they were circulated across the football working group, not by Neil directly, and I think this is probably genuinely where um, one or two things may have come off the rails. Uh, the, Neil doesn't have a Chester FC um, email address, so he had copied, I believe, uh, his notes to, to Simon for distribution or maybe to Calvin for distribution. So they came out almost on a, on a rebound to the members of the football working group, not direct from Neil. I fed my comments back in, which were totally, totally supportive. Um, welcomed them on board. The, there are some issues, uh, big issues going forward on, on how we can structure um, our playing squad and whether it's desirable that that squad is full-time or part-time. Mm -hmm. The preference of the board and the preference of the manager and the preference of the academy manager is to have the club remain full-time, if at all possible, within the budget restrictions. That we For obvious reasons, because of youth acquisition, etc. Et it's got to be youth-focused, it's got to be north-west-focused. Well, north-west doesn't well, totally go with anywhere. That's, well, but that, but that's that, another thing. But those are the... Those are the wishes of the board, the, the intentions of the board. Now, um, Neil's approach was uh, broadly, again, supportive of that, but recognising that there may be an alternative, and that would be a part-time alternative. So that was the only real area of, uh, of debate and, 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 I wouldn't say division, but still to be, res still to be resolved. But there is absolutely no question in my mind that all of the members of the football working group were absolutely delighted mm -hmm. to have Neil involved and on board. And it came as a complete shock to me to find that he had uh, told Simon that he was resigning. Mm. Uh, I just, mm. I'm, I'm with Jeff on that, absolutely mm. flummoxed. Just just to add to that as well, you know, the, the following board meeting, the, um, the football working group, like me and Calvin, um, it reported, and Mark at the time, you know, that it was such a positive meeting that was held <coughs> so we were all feeling good you know because Neil mm. was, was involved and there was your football person mm. so it's, it's worth noting that it was literally 10 days ago that that changed for some mm. unknown reason and that's why it left me flummoxed Neil because you know East, Easter Monday um, it all happened and you know Good Friday there was Simon's email Easter Monday it's all changed mm. now I know you may want to discuss it further, but I just believe that you know they've they've decided they've made their decisions, and we need to move forward. 
as a football club. I wouldn't disagree with that. Because otherwise no. we're just being held back and doing what we need to do to take this club forward. I wouldn't disagree with that. But, I mean, analysis of what's gone on uh-huh. also helps in going forward. Of I'm course. a great believer Le- in that. Learn in by, business. Learn um, by things that you do well. Hence the scenario of commercial before. I mean, you've got to see where you fought, fall, failed uh, to go forward. I mean, it's no use saying we're going to do this uh-huh. if you're going to fall off a cliff, frankly. You talked about... Sorry, David. No, I was just to say, but the opportunity has been offered to the people that have resigned to come to the board and tell us yes. exactly what the problems is, and they've declined to come. So we're we're trying to almost second guess mm. what so there been is. No, well, so, no dialogue really. Well, since no. So so how 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 can we move that forward? We we can sit and analyse, and you can read out questions and throw things from the fan base. We can all read what's on social well, that's media. Our job. It, it, it is, and I don't I don't have a problem. But what I'm saying is. We don't have the answers to that because the people concerned haven't engaged with anybody else. Mm. Okay. So, we're, so we're trying to second guess things and we can't. Okay, I think there's a couple of things that have come out of this little segment, if you like. Number one, I think it's a glaring omission there isn't a football person on the football working group. And I mean that with great respect. Uh, I think there should be at least two. Uh, to create debate, because I think we're going down the Sunday League stuff if we're not careful. Uh, and number number two, out of the commercial side, I think I would like to... Yeah, my comment, not, this, this is away from the script. Uh, there is no commercial push, except what you said before, but there is no real... Because this is urgent. It is urgent. It's not... We'll wait for a few days and we've got a few feelers out. You've got to be proactive. I'm sorry, that's me coming from the heart. Uh, It really is. You've got to be proactive in terms of football with professionals. You've got to be proactive on the commercial side as well. And neither are being addressed. And that is my... I'm away from the script there and I apologise for that. I know you talked on planning then, Jeff, and saying that we're already falling behind. There's there's no... Make no bones about that. Um... Obviously, Callum's in charge of the rest of the season. How, this is going to have to move into fifth gear pretty quickly in terms of recruiting a new manager, head coach, whatever it may be. Is it um, going to be a coach or a manager? Yeah. Is that always that to be decided? Dependent. I'll let Calvin answer that one. Yeah, because yeah, the um, football working group uh, had numerous discussions on this. If, if this is what we're going to do going forward, um, and it was relayed back to the board. That going forward, we need to develop more with the youngsters. We need to have a player pathway, and we are looking at um, a head coach role, manager in brackets, because we feel that we want somebody with um, more expertise on the coaching side to bring the players through from the academy, which has been great, um, and full marks to Callum for that. But going forward, we need to increase that. We need to look at better uh, player talent ID. One thing that's that's um, that we're looking at is uh, a, scout, a club scout. So we're going to not a scout who goes and watches matches and reports back on the opposition. A scout who is um, experienced in player identification. Um, and I said at the the open meeting, I've said it. Senior, senior players. Yeah, so, so, so you're looking at the first team, so we'll do it in a, in a way that it'll be somebody that'll produce a report. Um, Similar role to Alex Hay used to have, for instance. Yeah, if you like, but um, what, we've, what we've looked at is it'll be a body, a person, sorry, who is um, for the club, 
rather than um, you know as yourself as you know the managers in the past have had somebody they know going out and this will be a person who just does it for the club. And it was ever thus, and it will always be yeah, the case. Yeah, yeah. And we'll have um, we're looking at we've just took a young person on for a scouting role in the academy who's got a scouting qualification. So we're looking to scout better, recruit better, to, to, to take the club. But at the end of the day, this club will, and the money will come, whether it be commercial, whether it be money to, fu- to fund the youth setup from the first team. And if the eye is off the ball of the first team, which it is at the moment, with re- great respect, then it's, the whole thing will die. The first team has got to be king. Rightly or wrongly, it has. Yes, that creates your finance. That creates your commercial finance. It creates your attendances. And then other things. But to, to, to look for somebody that will look after the youth side as well is, is just arrant nonsense, quite frankly. You've got to have the first team as king. It's got to be. I think it's helping the development of the academy as well, a whole. But yes, the, but the, the, the first team is king, Jeff. Absolutely, and the process is starting. We are on the verge of putting the job advert out because, we, like we said before, with the Marcus situation, we felt we needed to start. Have you had early That's interest? your decision. Sorry? Have you had early interest? I don't know. I had one email. Yes, you, 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 oh, believe me, you will be inundated. Yeah, and you've, yeah, that's, that's the next stage of the process. You know that that goes out um, hopefully tomorrow, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and then we move forward from there to try and sort of get a man in position, um, hopefully by end of April. I think. End of the season. End of the season. So. So the main emphasis of the sorry to jump in the main emphasis of the interview procedure will be somebody to run the first team as such, and then obviously have an interest in the youth. Because to go for somebody that is purely right, you're you're between the two. It, it, it's falling into a hell of a hell of a hole. But we've also seen um, over the last few years where those academy lads have greatly been ignored. I mean, it's you know I can I can point to there nearly a hundred first team appearances from academy graduates in the last two seasons, as opposed to less than twenty in the pre- four previous. But look it's at, in dialogue at, with. Look at look at Tuesday nights. That winning goal was made by Tom Crawford and finished superbly by Nathan Brown. Academy players who are showing the worth of our set of We're not going to get three coming through every season. No, you're not. No, granted. I mean, we, 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 are, we, are, we have had a real, real purple patch in terms of super. Mm-hmm. And there's good players coming okay. through. But Callum himself would say that that can't that speed can't the, no, the rate they're coming I, through, I, that I is, totally that's get, not going to be every that. season. Be right we might not have one that, that is has, first team. Well, it has to be the right blend. Yeah, and just because the youth players and they're signed on a contract doesn't mean they're going to be in the first team. No, it really shouldn't, um, because you're going to kill them. You, you will kill them, can't we? We, we? we understand all that, what, what you're saying, Neil, and we take on board your comments, and we are looking at things behind the scenes, as you, as you probably understand, but we can't go back to what we've had in the past as a club, as a revolving door of players. We, we just can't do that, because as Lawrence said earlier, we've got to be proved on a on the finances, we've got to get it right yeah. next year. So everything comes into the full equation. Now, we're going to go along this route, um, as I say, with the head coach, stroke, stroke manager. We've got to look at player development in more ways than, than we have done. We've got to get recruitment right. So the, 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 the finances are just not there to bring somebody in and sell them on. It, it just won't work like that anymore. That's... So that's why we're trying to take it forward as it is. 
But how do you attract kids to a conference north club? I mean, this is one of the issues, isn't it? It is. To YTS kids. It is, it is Neil, and, uh, you know, it's something we're obviously aware of. You've had four knockbacks in the past couple of weeks from kids that were approached. Fact. Don't ask me how I know, but fact. Okay. Um, but there will be others who will, who will come on board. Um, but it's got to be a quality. It it's is. It's got to be a yeah. quality. Yeah. So, you, obviously, with the player pathway that I mentioned earlier, you've got the academy, you've got the scholar system as well, which will go into... Second year, second year, second year of the coming season. Um, I mean, as 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 Lauren said, the preferred option uh, of this club going forward is the the full time model that, that we've got now. Is that nailed on for next season? Because if we've got an absolute go out for a manager, what does the team look like for this manager next season? Is the team full time? How what's the budget looking like? For instance, Lawrence, do you have an idea? Worst case scenario, what you can present to a prospective candidate who's coming in in say I don't know two weeks for an interview. And he says, what's the budget I'm working to next season, or do we go, I don't know? Um, we we kind of uh, have to make some assumptions on where our income streams are going to come from. The, the, the biggest issue is, um, if, if, if one assumes that the commercial sponsors that we've currently got stay on board, then that kind of rolls into next season. And there's no reason to suspect that the main ones are not going to stay on board. Um, the the big assumption that we have to make is on is on the gates again. So we've looked at season ticket prices. The fan engagement group have made some suggestions which have uh, have been accepted and they will be rolled out. Um, but the number of takers on those season ticket offers is is up for grabs. So I think it's unrealistic that we're going to get to the high numbers that we've had over the past couple of years so we've we've knocked something back on that we hope to have about 900 season tickets sold that may be over ambitious I don't know but we've got to start somewhere we've got to make some assumptions so if we can get 900 uh, fans in to buy season tickets with the price structure that we've put out there and the incentives then we're looking at the pay of the gates the pay of the gates has has dropped quite considerably um, because well, because of the first team, yeah. and this is where I come back to it's the all about point the I was making before. It's, absolutely, it's all about the football, but we've got to put some numbers down. Now, if if we pitch that at say, for budgeting purposes, eight hundred fans paying, so that gives us an overall seventeen hundred. Not all of the season ticket holders come every game. To get to those kind of numbers with the um, continuation of our existing sponsors. We're probably looking at a 250k-ish playing budget. Which is low. Which is very low. It's very low. Now, I think what we've got to do is to to set those um, low levels in terms of our budgeting process. But, of course, when you talk to a manager, you want to give him as much as possible uh, as a playing budget. But we do have fixed costs that we can't do very much about. We have other staffing requirements, which we'll keep right down to a minimum. Uh, and there's virtually no discretionary spend in that. Can I just ask an additional, the 250k, does that include the two-year guys and the summer money? It would include them as they currently stand, yes. So mm -hmm. those guys have to move out. Those liabilities currently, they're 
over a hundred thousand pounds. They could well be. Yeah. I mean, you've got yeah. a lad um, again. I won't mention his name. Who's got a, a clause that he can leave at twelve twelve thirty or something, or twelve o'clock in his contract. And I won't go into the detail. No, no, that would be unfair. That's, that's simply not true. It is not true. There's okay. no clause in. You said a clause in his contract. There's no clause in his contract. And so. This specific player isn't allowed to leave at a time. He may be, but you said a clause in his contract. All right, it's okay. not a clause in his well, contract. Well, semantics, but all right. It, it is a, there's a tacit agreement mm-hmm. that he can go. I, I, I don't know, but I believe that that is, is the agreement he had with the previous manager. Okay. Look, looking ahead. Sorry, Calvin. Yeah, I just, I just want to come back and make a comment that, that's been overlooked. Is When the... Um, for the initial meetings in January and to this day when the, the working groups were set up football, commercial, fundraising, whatever uh, we were all in a very a very difficult situation as you, as you probably know now on the football side we also had a scenario where we had a, a playing squad <clears throat> that we, we had to reduce there was, no, there was no two ways about it so um, from the football working group point of view that was initiated and that was done and we, we've took a considerable amount of um, waste if you like money off the the playing budget now until we come in that was still that was still going on so that, that that's a plus going forward but we're still as Neil said with the discussion with Lawrence, we're still in a situation where we've been left with something that we've got to put right at ASAP because of the liabilities, we understand that, we understand about the playing budget, but football is a is a, a moving situation. These things can change next week, the week after. We're all aware of that and we are working behind the scenes to try and remedy the situations going forward. But it is a difficult situation that we've been left with. And so, just so I was going to come to yourself there, Lawrence, looking ahead to the National League North next season, is there any concern from their point of view of our financial situation moving into next season? Have they, have they expressed any concern? Have they requested any kind of bond or anything like that, which which may come into play given the fact that we aren't able to give them any firm financial... They, they certainly haven't as yet. Um, I'm sure that they have concerns about a number of clubs um, we're far from being alone in, in facing these kind of challenges no, no, um, and the, 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 the one thing that we do have in our favour here is that we are fan owned yeah. um, and it's a massive thing in our favour because there are you know, there are several of the sugar daddies out there who are pulling out and if a sugar daddy pulls out that's end of club so I'm sure the National League have got um, many concerns about all of the clubs in the league but they haven't expressed anything specific to to me uh, or to my knowledge to anybody else uh, about our status for next season. Do you still feel it's a, it's a question to or feel free to interject, this is a, a viable and sustainable business model for a football club? I, mean, I know you say that if a sugar daddy pulls out, end of club, we're fan owned and we almost killed, killed ourselves in, uh, in January. And I, I don't say this lightly, I mean, this is a centre which has cropped up in a couple of emails and it... As a Chester fan, I've been coming since I was a boy uh, with my dad, a season ticket holder. Um, in more than one email, and I'm happy to show you, people have compared the current scenario, saying it is no different than end of days of Smith and Vaughan. And that 
is the most damning thing I can think of saying of, of where we are at currently as a football club. I totally disagree. This is nothing like the days of... I'm, I'm not talking about what was going on behind the scenes, but in yeah. terms of hundreds of people turn up to the football club, absolute disenchantment and disengagement with the football club, people who they don't see represent... I mean, this, this is what... I'm simply relaying a lot of what we've got through here. I mean, and if the, if this, you know, this, this is this is us relaying what we get, and this is the whole point of this meeting. People feel that the board, whether current, past, but that this they don't represent what they want from disenfranchised the totally. Uh, and, I mean, and I don't I don't say that lightly because I know for what you for you know, and but in terms of young the, the youngsters playing, which they're doing great, you know, Nathan Brown, did, but hundreds of people turning up. And everything else that comes with it, the disengagement, disenfranchisement. But the problem is that there is no if I didn't fail think, safe for this. If I didn't think there was a future for this football club in this current model, I wouldn't be sitting here now. Marcus himself said, if I'd have known what the job was when I applied, then I wouldn't have been wouldn't have taken the job. But hey, if I'd have known I'd have been sitting here three months ago, would I have you know, been co-opted onto the board? At the end of the day, we, we have to deal with what we've got. We're, we're, we're proud of being a fan-owned football club, and I know... Fans out there, you know, are questioning everything at the moment. I probably would if I wasn't on the board. I like to say that, that we, all purely we all care. We all care. Yeah. What more than one? And, and that yeah. was the, the most three hundred questions think, is a hell of a lot of questions. Yeah. Of course, it's, and it's an emotional time at the moment for all of us. You know, we're we're doing what we can as a board to try and put these things right and take it forward. You know, as as I said, we've had to react rather than be proactive in some of the things recently. That's why I came on to that. My initial point about is it fit for purpose, and I didn't mean that as a rude comment at all. I didn't take it as a rude comment. Uh, and is it fit for purpose? Does it have the skill sets to take it forward? Does it have the skill sets on the commercial side to take it forward? Does it have the skill sets on the football side to take it forward? At the moment. I'll answer my own question. No, it doesn't. But we need the help, and that's what we've always said. It's a fan-owned football club. We're all, we're all the guardians of our football club. We need to work together to move forward. You know, like like you know, this commercial manager. Yes, we'd all love to have a commercial manager in place, but who's going to pay the money for that right now? You know, we, we've. I can't. I can't stress it enough. We all love this. We all well, love Chester Football Club, and, and that, it's our lives. I will stay up all night and fight for this. I'll, I'll answer that by a point that's come in from somebody which I didn't think we were going to get to. Uh, I would propose. Um, I'm not saying this is me. This is whoever it is. I would propose um, five individuals putting in something like twenty-five thousand pounds each. There would need to be seats on the board. Um, for those four, pe four or five people, of which £100,000 could go into a playing budget and £25,000, and he splits it down, but it wouldn't be fair to do it, uh, into uh, salary and bonuses for a com young commercial, energetic commercial manager. That seems a real positive proposal. Whether you go with it, because it does mean giving, but that is not a bad proposal. As I said before, it's we'll always listen, but at the end of the day, what happens next? No, that, that proposal hasn't come to the board to be considered. So no, no, it isn't. It's a question from this question from, from Fred from wherever. No, but, but, but on that on that point, you're you're quite right. You've had an awful lot of questions, three hundred questions, not from three hundred people, but you've had three hundred questions. You've probably had a couple of hundred people email you. So from the board point of view, we're, we're, we've set the working groups up for people 
that haven't got the time to commit to being on a board. And trust me, when I was first co-opted onto the board, I didn't realise how many hours were involved. I was then elected onto the board, and I, I can tell you the past eight weeks, I've certainly spent probably more time working for Chester Football Club than I have for myself. That's not a criticism. What we're saying is, if there are people out there that think they've got something to, to say and to help the club, rather than be throwing it out there and criticising everything we do, come and talk to us, come and work on one of the working groups. There's the, there's the football working group. If you've got football experience at some level, Please well, we, we did get some people feedback. It's a, almost a fivetum where it's a closed shop. Where it's not, the, the, not the, that, that, that line of communication that used to exist seems to have been closed, like closed off. I mean, I know we, it, it's certainly improved recently, Jeff. But I mean, that's what we get. People feel like that there is a, a them and us situation, you which must, is what we always never wanted. That. As well, you must have heard that. I've heard, I've heard, but, it, but at the same time, Neil, I'll stay calm here. Um, we're not a closed shop. You know, when I've been on the board, we were never a closed shop. When things were going well, we were never a closed shop. We're fans of Chester Football Club. We want the best for our football club. Um, we What's never. The first we, one tonight. Go on. We've we've never yeah, we've we've never said um, anything that would indicate that it's a closed shop. You know, anybody can apply to come on this board. God knows we need the help. You know, we do, and that's why I came back onto the board because my football club is struggling. You know. I'm risking my, my family life, my marriage, you know, time with my kids to be in this position. But you know what? It's because of my kids that I actually want to do this because I want them to be running around in Chester shirts next year, years later. It's all about them. It's the future of our football club that I'm most concerned about. And quite right. I don't know because, I mean, in terms of this room especially, I mean, there is a direct connection between Chester Football yeah. Club and my mortgage being paid. And I've said this at the CFU meeting, yeah. I'm someone who has direct yeah. financial involvement in terms of it is very much key to my life, my working life, and, and like I say, we are relaying mm. these. This is why we did this as a forum because it was able to open up debate. And while we haven't put people individuals' names to it because it didn't seem fair, it seemed mm. like the best way of doing it was to present it as such. I mean, and if it would have been very, very easy, it wouldn't have really achieved anything. Uh, at the same time, nobody said being a you know. Um, a fan or a board member of Chester Football Club would be easy either, but we have to deal with what we have. Why is practically every decision that we hear about a unanimous decision? I've never known a board in my life, and I've been in the commercial side for years and years and years, that all, ev practically every key thing is it was a unanimous decision. So Give me an example, Neil. More Everything you read when you read minutes, it was a unanimous mm -hmm. decision. Uh, there was something else um, about uh, unanimous. I think somebody uttered, uttered it earlier. Uh, unanimous with the Simon thing and all that. So, I mean, unanimous, unanimous seems to be the buzzword. Well, if everybody agrees, it's unanimous. Mm. If everybody well votes, aware if everybody, of the English language. If, if everybody votes that way, what different word can you use? Well, because you need debate. We have, you healthy, need... we have healthy debate in that boardroom. When when I was on the board with the likes of Chris Pillsbury, we had healthy debate. Sometimes it got heated debate, but at the end of the day, you walked out of that boardroom knowing exactly that you come to the right decision. And if you didn't agree with that decision, then fair enough, but the decision was made and you worked with it. Well, obviously, some right decisions haven't been made because the club's in the mess it's in. Yeah, it's in a mess. And I, I refer to the, you know, here, the examples previously about April the 2nd, we didn't know that was coming, but all of a sudden, because it's happened, we're responsible for this mess. 
Uh, you're held accountable, yes. Held accountable, but... Isn't that fair? Well, we don't actually... We haven't had the chance to actually talk to those people who have stepped down to say, come back and talk to us. We've asked. They've not come back Well, to obviously us. something has triggered that and emotion in them. And that's why we asked to talk about it further, so we could understand. It's... You know, we're, we're dealing with picking up the pieces. How can you improve? How can the board improve? By working together. Um, I think we're a collective... And making unanimous decisions. <laughs> we're a collective um, group of people at the moment who have one desire, and that's to be, get people proud of this football club again. I know, I'm, I know I'm going probably over the top on the passionate side of things, but I know how hard everybody is literally working to try and put this club back on track. It's not easy. It's not easy. And when you see 750 people in, in a stadium, and there were other elements that night that may have contributed slightly to such a low attendance, let's not forget that. Um, but there are, there's, a, there's a lot of support for what we are trying to do, but we're being deflected from what we are trying to do, and that's not being helpful. You know, we Deflected? Deflected by having to react to things rather than try and concentrate and focus on the likes of the first team. Um, and put plans in place for next season ahead of schedule. You know, we know it's time is critical right now, and that's why you know the likes of Calvin and you know other people on the board are we're you know we're sharing emails past midnight because that's the only chance. Actually, sometimes you actually get to to talk about things other than in the boardroom. Um, you know, and all, all I can ask is you know for the supporters out there to 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 understand what we're up against, um, but also understand that we are trying to do our best for this football club and take it forward into next season. Is the board's best good enough? Well, it has to be. We have to. What other choice have we got, Neil? Step aside. If we all it's step the skill sets. Sorry to keep coming back to the well, skill we, sets. Yes, but we always say it's, and this is, you know, anybody can come onto the board. We're always trying to identify people who have the skill sets. You know, there's, there's lots of um, people out there with plenty of experience that can help. Some have offered help and we've taken that help up. You know, it's not, then this is what I mean. It's not a closed shop whatsoever. Um, I mean, I, I've had discussions, you know, I've looked around at the fan base and seen people that I think would have the skills to offer to the board, but people just don't necessarily want to take on the responsibility and find themselves in this sort of situation and, and being. Yeah, I, I get the hectorising, I, yes, I do yeah, get the hectorising yes, thing, yeah, and, yeah. and some of the comments on I don't do. Twitter, Facebook, I just don't. Um, Neanderthal, my granddaughter calls me, but anyway. Uh, but I do occasionally look at Diva Chat and find, try to get a flavour. And some of the, the wording is just horrendous. Um, and I've got full sympathy with you over that, uh, total sympathy. Uh, because if you can't have debate, then you don't sort of go to gutter stuff, frankly. You, you just don't. I think just coming back to the closed shop um, that was mentioned before, and I don't know where that's come from, but from my own personal view on it is, I think it's more open now than it, than it has been. Um, if you look at the amount of people involved on working groups, mm. you've got to be looking at like more than 50 people at, at mm. least, mm. Uh, who are actively working towards taking this club forward. Um, without those working groups, I don't think we'd be here now. Yeah. Um, and that's what people don't understand is just, for some reason it's getting a lot, of, a lot of negative criticism out there but without the people that have come forward not, not just us there's lots of old people working behind the scenes 
I don't think we'd be here now in this discussion. So the closed shop scenario has just baffled me altogether. It's, it's the same with the comment about we don't know who's on the board. Well, if people have read the CFU election manifestos, that accept here, yes. they know those. If they go to a CFU meeting, you'll see the board. Virtually every home game, there's not every single board member due to all the commitments, but I think apart from one home game this season, I've been in the Blues Bar at some point. So many of the other directors, we, Lawrence, you're usually walking around the Blues Bar. You know, it's we're there. And if anybody's got a question, even on a match day, I've spoken to people on a match day who've gone to the ticket office or to the shop and wanted to raise a query, and I'd be the director that happens to be about, I would quite happily go and talk to people. I don't have a problem with that. Why do you think the people are posting on uh, social media, faceless people and all that sort of stuff? Or because they've got nothing else, nothing, constru nothing constructive to, 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 to say. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, one of my criticisms when I came back onto the board, of the board, if you like, was that um, maybe they weren't out there in the you know in the media and I know you know speaking to yourself um, Dave and the other you know the media lads what what the intention was to try and do was to get the board to, to be on various different media so everyone and it succeeded because we're all around the table today exactly. for the first it's time positive. since yeah but, but it, it, was, it was more so that people understand the roles that they were actually um, undertaking um, you know so you could then sort of put you know a face to the actual work that's going on um, so that it Maybe that is the mindset of a closed shop because they didn't actually know that somebody was dealing with something. Um, but we've, you know, that was my commitment to try and improve the communications, certainly from board level to um, to the local press. Um, and again, that is still my intention through you know for, through the summer and for next season, so that people do understand what work we're doing. Lots of people have referred to the point, you know, that the portfolio updates should be out there, and I totally agree. And that's, that's again, one of the reasons why I came back, because things had to improve. What do you expect from next Wednesday's meeting with the full membership and supporters? It's an open meeting. What do you expect from that supporter base that turns up at that meeting in Blaken? Go around the table. Um, I would expect, you know, um, honesty. Um, you want the supporters to be honest? Both sides. Mm. You know, what do the supporters want from us what do we want from the supporters um, you know I think I really really hope and would ask that it doesn't turn into another January meeting because you'd have to have a strong chairman there. I don't <laughs> the chairman of the meeting I meant I don't mean it, it, it's just I think you know if people come to that meeting wanting to, to throw things at us I don't think that's productive um, I think you know this is this I think will help people have an understanding of where we are and what we're up against and what we're trying to do. And um, I totally ab absolutely agree with the fact that, you know, questions should be asked by the supporters, members, whoever. Um, you know, and I'm sure we'll be able to respond to those questions, but I just hope that people understand the situation that we're currently in and that we're not just doing it for, we're not just doing this to, you know, for the fun of it. It's for the love of the club. But they're also going to ask you for solutions. I'm not going to question into They are going to ask you for solutions. That's yeah. a fact. And this That's is whether you can come up with those solutions. Marion? Um, what do you want? Want me to come up with all the solutions? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you <laughs> 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 I get my magic wand out straight away. Um, this is an informal meeting uh, rather than a, a formal meeting, and I've had 
one inquiry from a CFU member, couldn't we make it formal? And the point that I made there is it doesn't matter whether it's formal or informal, we will address all the issues that need to be addressed. Um, the slight differences that we usually have a speaker or two, and we've got Jim Green coming along, so we hope that the, having Jim from the Community Trust um, will be able to share some of the really positive things that are happening there. Um, formal meetings, we have notes taken in, if you look on the website, we <laughs> fairly detailed <laughs> notes, um, certainly the last couple. Now, what I would say, because I think it, it is going to be a really important meeting, um, you know, I would do some sort of summary of, of discussions. Um, and, you know, it, it, I don't think we can emphasise enough just how important it is to try and get, you know, a feel-good factor back in and get things moving in the right direction. I mean, you know, I've... But that feel-good factor yeah. has got to go in conjunction with solutions to yes, current yes, issues. Sure, and sure. we can't hide the no, fact no. that there aren't... There are issues at yes, the moment, yeah. and they can't be brushed under the carpet. No. And I think, you know, we've talked about some difficult times we've been through with, with losing board members, and we do now have to try and move on from that. Um, you know, you've raised the issues of skill sets, and I think a lot of what's said tonight is going to give us some food for thought to take back to the board and have discussions and debate, and, you know, we may end up with not unanimous decisions about how, how we move forward. And, you know, healthy debate is, is the most important Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I couldn't, have, couldn't yes. agree yeah. more with that point. Yeah. Lawrence? Yeah, more of the same, really. I think um, we, we do need some additional people on the board. We need the guys who are passionate about the club and there are many out there it, it, it isn't just the, the people on the board we all care very passionately about the football club I, for more years than probably anybody around the table but um, the we're not doing this for fun we're not doing this to annoy people we're not doing this to get on the wrong side of people we're not doing this for ego purposes believe me we're not you couldn't possibly be no. so this is really hard work and uh, we're all giving up family life, probably sanity and health in the process as well. Um, so we don't do that lightly. What I would say is if there are people out there who can genuinely help us, then please come forward, get on board in, in either a formal capacity on the board or in a less formal capacity on the working groups. We know we have skill sets missing. We don't just have commercial missing. We have legal as well. We football. have a range. Football, football in particular. It's yeah. chronic. Yeah. Well, I genuinely thought we'd crack the football one with Neil, or at least that was a, a way towards it. And I'm gutted that that hasn't worked out because I, I, I mean, I love the guy. Um, so we need more help. We need to ensure that the fan base are still behind this football club. Yeah. And not say we're not behind the board. We've got to be behind the football club. Now, if they're not, then we don't have a football club, it's as simple as that. But it is, to be fair to them, it is positive to send in 300 questions, albeit yeah. you mightn't like those 300 yeah. questions, uh, and to I have to open up the questions and we had 300 emails, but... Uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, a lot, a lot, anyway, a lot. Of course, of course it's positive, but, uh, you know, the outcome from next week's meeting, I would like to see some, some positive yeah. uh, input from the fan base into the board with assistance, with help,
Yeah, I mean, heaven forbid, again, you have a love fest. I mean, it's basically got to be debate Mm. and how it goes forward. A love fest will just, I mean, you might as well not turn up. Which is why we've facilitated this. Yes, exactly. exactly. David? Yeah, I think for me, I don't want it to be a repeat of January. I think too much of that was spent people... Arguing with the board, but arguing with themselves. Well, it was shocking, wasn't it, to be fair? Yeah, it was. But we've we've got to move on from that. There are questions, rightly so, that we, we will answer, as we've tried to tonight, as far as we can, bearing confidentiality in mind, board confidentiality, etc. That's accepted. What I would hope from the fan base is that they can see that we are doing our best. If they've got suggestions, let's have them, let's talk about them, let's debate it. I'm up for a debate. But one other thing they can do on that night is if they're not a CFU member, is sign up, mm. but bring somebody else with them mm. who will also sign up. Because the biggest single thing that they can change is to support the club. And that's by joining the CFU, rejoining, renewing, making a donation. I'm not asking them for hundreds of pounds, we've been there, we've done that. But actually turning up and interacting with us as the board and the club generally is how we will find the people with the skill sets that we're missing. They will find the commercial people, find the football people. They're out there. They just need to know that we do need you and we will accept your help. I don't think there's anybody on the board with closed ears to that. No. Sorry, Calvin, before we come to you, how many CFU members are there, Marion? Sorry, I should have asked that earlier. I think including, including sort of the Junior Blues, I think we're about 1,700. Yeah. 17, okay. It, it, interestingly enough, um, we've had a couple of matches where Guy List has been, and he chairs the... Um, Fan engagement group. He's been, uh, well, I think he spent some time in the Legends Lounge on one occasion. Stood outside on a terrible windy day mm. and had to abandon having the gazebo. I think they, they signed up about twenty people on that day. The day we gave out the Easter eggs, they signed another twenty up. So seventeen's fine. Yes, seventeen. All, all, all that's that's really positive. And consi- considering yeah. we had a thousand in January. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I hope that the people who attend and are obviously here in this tonight that we've come here to speak to you guys and, and answer questions, they realise that we are caring people. We're doing it for the love. We're not doing it for the love. We're not doing it for any ego for ourselves. We're doing it for Chester FC. Uh, I think a successful business in any walk of life comes down to teamwork. You've got a team on the pitch. You've got a team in the academy. You've also now got a good team working behind the scenes the board, and as I said earlier, the, the, the working groups. And there's none of us in this for our own ego, believe me. We are a mix of people, and we're all gelling together. Um, and I hope the fans understand that. Now, unfortunately, there are a few people out there who just recently have gone onto social media, and for whatever reason, I don't know, have just said the most disgraceful things. I had a really terrible Easter weekend, thanks to things like that. Um, you know, and they're putting comments on there. They don't, they don't know what's going. They don't know the positives that are going on. All right, maybe that's something we need to look at to PR, mm. PR further. Don't get me wrong. I mean, um, from my point of view, one thing I've been doing the last couple of weeks is pre-season program. Speaking to Northwest clubs, higher up the pyramid. There's a Premiership club, a Championship club, Division One club that are all uh, intended to come to Chester pre-season. Are you leaving space for the new manager to bring a couple of games in as well? By, 
by all means, Neil. Because yeah, that yeah, really is the yeah. manager's remit. Yeah, we, we understand that, believe me. Yeah. Um, but from a business point of view, we've got to look at putting bums on seats pre-season. We've also got to look at, we get requests in from other clubs to go elsewhere. We've got to look at that as a PR exercise as well. So there are lots of good positive things going on behind the scenes, but unfortunately, a lot of people, and I don't know why, just believe a couple of negative comments. Well, I think it's more than a couple. But well, I, take, I take on board your point, but it, it, it's more than a couple of negative comments, to be fair. Uh, but anyway, um, do, you want, do you want to wrap? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just before we wrap, sure. one thing about yesterday, which was a fantastic afternoon, and a big thank you to Wendy Potts, who I said, oh, Wendy, you take the bucket round because you're better at getting money from people than I am. And I did put out on social media, and then there was a bit of extra money came in today. We raised £650 Brilliant. for the afternoon for Brilliant. the Academy. Brilliant. And Brilliant. I think uh, people really had a, a great afternoon. Great news. Yes. Good, good. Um, we're going to wrap it up there. And it's gone on far longer than um, we anticipated. But um, given the fact we've all managed to get round the table and actually discuss um, some really key issues around what's going on with our football club uh, and where it's going, um, it felt appropriate to let it run for as long as, as it needed to. Um, I appreciate every single, each and every one of, uh, one of you for turning up and speaking to us and, and being open and honest. I mean, uh, hopefully this will uh, answer a few questions. I mean, it's, it's not going to answer every single question because uh, otherwise we'd probably still be here at about five in the morning. But um, but thank you uh, to everyone who's turned up and thank you everyone for listening and thank you to Neil as well. Uh, we'll be back again uh, next time uh, and who knows, maybe covering the uh, appointment of a new manager slash head coach, uh, we, we shall see. But uh, thanks very much for joining us.